Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. So let's do this. Let's open the Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. You guys may not know this, I, I worked for a, at a bowling alley for about three years as a kid. That's not really my first job. My first job, myself and my best friend from high school, we had our own lawn mowing business. And it would consist of us mowing enough grass to hurry up and get on our bikes, drive to the mall, get a piece of Scotto's pizza and a cherry Coke, and buy a tape. Now, for all you kids who don't understand what a tape is, a tape was a thing you listened to music on back in those days. And so that was kind of my first job, and we'd just blow money like it was water. I mean, we'd, 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 we'd earn it, and then we'd spend it. Bam, it'd just be gone, just that fast. And we had our little crew of people in our little neighborhood. We just, they, they knew we were coming on certain days, and that's how we did it. Then he helped me get a job out of all places, an amazing place called Sunshine Bowl at the age of 15. He played in, he, he, he bowled in like leagues and stuff like that, and I didn't do any of that. And somehow I got a job at a bowling alley. I don't know how that happened. Still can't bowl, can't even bowl in the week. And, um, and for about three years, I got to work at Sunshine Bowl. And toward the end of my senior year, I really got my junk together, and I started figuring out Jesus had a purpose for my life. And, and having made a real commitment to Christ uh, then and, and one earlier, I found out, man, I, God's, gonna, God's using me to help people and influence people. And then something funny happened. My dad got a job back in Ohio. And in March... He moved back to Ohio. My mom and my sister and I stayed living in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I turned in my notice. I didn't graduate high school. I turned in my notice, said, it's March, but I'm letting you know, middle of May, I'm done. And I worked all the way up from being a, a lane boy. Anybody know what a lane boy is? Back in those days, that means you got dead wood out of the gutter and you cleaned out ashtrays. And you smelled like a pack of Benson and Hedges when you got home. And my mom would make me strip every piece of clothing off me until I walked in the door. That's the honest truth. Put them in a bag, get them ready for laundry, because I, I reeked badly. And I worked all the way up to being a counter guy. And then pretty much the weekend, I was in charge as a senior in high school. Saturday and Sundays, I worked 8, eight to 4-ish. And worked an evening or two a week there. And I'll tell you what happened. My... My carnality got the best of me. After three years of work, trying to be an influence and an impact on people, I had one of those weekends where the customers got up to here. And I, was, I put my notice in anyway. And the guy came in to relieve me at 4 o'clock, and he said, well, have a great night. I said, I intend to. He said, see you tomorrow. I said, no, you can tell Russ, the boss, I won't be back. I gave my notice. I am done with these people. I am done, done, done. And I walked out the door, and I never went back in. About two years later, as Jesus is so kind and considerate, I get this nudge one day in prayer. Hey, Aaron, you've left some things undone. Now I live a thousand miles away. And he says, write a letter. So I write a letter. Dear Russ, I left you in a lurch, and I'm sorry. And I get this response back from him. Aaron, 
I appreciate your apology. But that was so out of character. And as I read those words, I cried in my bedroom. Because I realized I had worked for three years. And in a moment, it was gone. Character was smudged. Not just my character, the character of Jesus, right? And, you know, all of us have had those moments, right, where where we've worked hard, we've tried to be a great witness, and in a moment of weakness or frustration or anger or, or whatever, all the stuff we've done just seemed like it went right out the window. Anybody ever been there? Just gone. We know people of, of, of notoriety, leaders and athletes and politicians and, 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 and movie stars and preachers who work really hard and do a lot of good thing, and then they do something really off character, right? And like whatever else they did doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? Anybody ever done that? Know, know, know somebody like that? And here's the thing. What we remember is the bad thing they did and all the other stuff they did, right? We have a couple of values we keep here at Church T. And one of them is worship is a lifestyle. All that I do should be an honoring to Jesus. I should live every day with the idea that my decisions matter, my actions matter, my responses matter. And I should live with the idea that if I'm serving Him in any way, not just singing on Sunday morning, as good as that is, and I had a blast this morning, my whole life is to be a worship instrument, but all at the same time, I'm weak and I'm growing. We just, we just said those things, right? We don't have all our stuff together, right? Nancy talked about that. That's why we have this one over here. Spiritual growth is not optional. It's because we're not all there yet. And there are moments we have those weaknesses and those things, and it just overcomes us. And we're like, wow, what just happened? What, how, 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 what, Wow. So today I'm going to, I'm going to re- re- remind you of something over and over again. Life's fragrance is determined by character. And if we are not careful, it can really smell. Really smell. The life's fragrance, it's determined by character. And if we are not careful, it can really, really, really smell. Again, a guy named Solomon writes these words for us as an elderly man approaching the end of his life, trying to help us sort out what life is supposed to look like. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, we'll we'll look there first, he makes this statement to us, Godly character is essential, but one small misstep can mess up the perception of our character. That's the first thing I want to get across to you. Character is so important, and the reason it's so important is because it's an essential thing, but one small misstep can mess up the perception of our character. Listen to verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 10. As dead flies cause even a bottle of perfume to stink, so little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. Those are tough words, aren't they? Huh? Now, this is significant because Ecclesiastes 7.1, we talked about a couple weeks ago, says this, A good name is better than precious ointment. Same symbology here. The perfume is ointment. And so what Solomon is saying here, your name can be tainted by little piddly things like flies. The fragrance coming off of your life, it can, it, it can be good in, in a moment, and it just takes little things, 
Little things can suddenly taint the ointment that it stinks. And, and, and we have to be really, really careful and have to understand that. Here's the important part of it. I'm not just talking about your name. We sang words a minute ago that I am the child of God. You know what that means? He lets me use his name. Now, I'm not letting many of you use my name. You can't go drain my bank account. I'm not giving you my PIN number or my social security number. He lets us use his name in petition, in life. And he says a good name is rather to be had than great riches. And so what I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about your name, which I am talking about your name because your name's attached to his name. But I'm talking about his name more than your name. And so, so here's the deal. We've got we to gotta, we gotta live with the idea that my life is a worship to God. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is ready to be chosen than great riches. And I know it's a big deal. 2 Corinthians 14, 16 in the New Testament read like this. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now when he, now he uses us, notice this terminology Paul uses. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. And then verse 16 says this, and who is adequate for such a task? Not me. Am I right? I have to wake up knowing that, man, God has a plan for my life on this day. We've talked a lot about the time and the days that we live in. Listen, this is a moment where you have to consider what's in the ointment. And it's the little things. It's not the big things necessarily. It's little piddly things. Sometimes it is big things. We'll talk about that later. Good character has its ultimate expression in Christ. Therefore, having godly character means we are growing in Christ's likeness. Now, Jesus doesn't expect you to have your, all your trash together today. Impossible, right? But understand this. Every person in this room right now, we all, like Nancy said, which I didn't, give her any, I didn't feed her any words, I promise. We're all on this journey. We're on different parts of the journey. Some of us have been on it for a while. Some of us have not so long. Some of us have been here for you know, the medium part of the road. And we're still all growing. But we have to understand that God is allowing us the opportunity to, to use his name, to, to walk under the, the lordship of who he is, and that we will operate as ambassadors for him in everyday life. And therefore, we should be growing. There should be less and less of that happening where, we, where, where, where the perfume is tainted, where the ointment is tainted. You understand that? I know these are heavy things, man. I know we like to be doing something else, but, dude, this is called discipleship. In discipleship, character matters. And, 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 and I'm, 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 I'm trying to, to sort it out for myself. Listen to this next thing I want you to cross Use this. A good heart, listen to this, it's about the heart. A good heart leads us towards spiritual strength, but a foolish heart leads us towards natural weakness. Verse 2 reads like this, a wise person chooses the right road, a foolish, a fool takes the wrong one. That sounds like it's just like a matter of making a choice. Here. But I want to read to you from the ESV what it says. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a, foolish, a fool's heart to the left. That's how the, it's more accurately translated. Okay, And before some of you who are politically 
motivated, start thinking that's a political statement. It's not. Okay? The, here, here, let me read this from the commentary. For you. The right hand represented strength and protection. And the left hand was associated with ineptness and even disfavor. For centuries, left-handedness was considered a dubious genetic gift, and children were virtually forced into corrective measures to make the right hand predominant. Our terminologies perpetuated this. The term cack-handed meant clumsy as well as left-handed, and some commentators point out what's this. The word sinister comes from the Latin word for left-handed. And so when, it, when we're talking about these lines, it's saying, listen, if you're spiritually motivated, spiritually astute, it bends you towards strength of character. Do you get that? And if you are foolish and just all about you and all about uh, you know, things that are, that are carnal, because that's what the, over and over again, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Solomon's making the point that what really makes a person a fool is life's all about them. Okay. Want to be seen, want to be heard, want to get their stuff. And it leans you towards carnality. It leans you towards ineptness. It leans you towards weakness. So if your heart is moving right, you're going to lean more into character. You got that? Growing in Christ-likeness. If it's all about you, you're going to keep doing foolish things. You're going to lean into your weaknesses as opposed to leaning into Christ's strength. Got that? And so, so you've got to be really aware that that's what's going on. When your heart's right, it leads to a place of strength. It leads to a place of godly character. So it's not about just your actions. It's about where your heart is going. And when your heart is off-center, it leads us to the weaknesses that are natural to us, the things that come easy, and the things that disrupt our integrity. The word integrity comes, uh, is the same root word for the, the word integer. Integer means a whole number. A whole number doesn't have fractions or decimals. It is not fragmented. But a person who is leaning towards ineptness is a person who is one thing in one environment, another thing in another environment. They're one thing at home. They're one thing at church. They're another thing at work. They're another thing out with the guys. They're not a whole person. They're fragmented. And when you lean in to Christ, you are whole. You are everything, everywhere, all the time. Nobody has to wonder about your character or if your word means something. And your kids don't get mad because you're one thing in the house and one thing out there in front of people. You're, you understand what I mean? Your spouse doesn't have to get uptight because you act one way at home and one way. And so there's this whole idea, right? You see what I'm saying? Of being whole and, and leaning into the strength. And, and, and here's the thing. When you are real about what you are, then people around you can handle the fact that you're weak in areas. But when you try and portray that you're something that you're not, that becomes harbored in the stomach. Am I right? And so this idea of, of, of your heart being right is the big deal. Now, the next thing leads us to verse 4. And this, this is going to show up in here. Godly character shows up in heated circumstances with a cooling effect. Listen to these words. If your boss is angry at you, don't quit. A quiet Spirit can overcome even great mistakes. I love that. Maybe you're familiar translation. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, don't leave your place. For calmness will lay great offenses to rest. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I mean, Proverbs says this, the soft answer turns away wrath. Right? You want an example of that? Think of this guy named Jesus. This is about, the context here is about you having done something wrong, kind of. You get that? 
Jesus was accused of things he didn't do. And guess what he does? He doesn't lash out. He doesn't get frustrated. Somebody speaks truth. He says, yep, that's pretty much how it is. Let's God defend him. See, what God's looking for is somebody who is so solid in who they are in Christ that they can take it. If they can take it. You know what? I was out yesterday. Wayne referred to that. I'm a, I'm a person who likes people, and I want people to like me. That's just how I am. That's how I function. That's how I operate, right? So yesterday, I'm up, I'm up doing some, some, some things around the neighborhood, passing out some stuff. And, and, and so I was at this house once. I heard a guy moaning in the backyard. And I came back to my vehicle, and I saw him out running around his vehicles. And, and I went to go say, hello, sir. And he's like, get away from me. You, and he all of a sudden, I don't vote that way. And you can get that. And he starts, and I'm like, dude, you don't even, okay, sir, have a great day. And I walked up to the next house smiling. And I walked a couple of houses down and I went, did you just do that, Aaron? Did you just walk away from it? You didn't let that get to you? How did that happen? I don't know. Because the other day I'd be like, okay, crap, I'm a, you know, I'm a piece of trash. He, did you see how he treated me? I just, and all of a sudden I just took two days, two houses down and went, it, it just ran off. I was like, dude, that, that's a, Aaron, you have grown. I am so proud. I'm so proud of you. I just can't. You can, I mean, back a few years ago, I, I, I'd have been, I just sulked the rest of the day long. I'd be like, he doesn't like me. And I could have responded because I'm not what he said I was. You understand what I'm saying? I could have just, you know, right back at him. And I could have ruin my day. But listen, here's the deal. God's looking for people who will act like Jesus. Because love shows up, right? He's looking for people who don't have to defend themselves. Don't have to defend their cause. Don't have to, the, the people who can be in the middle of it and, and speak peace in a storm and sleep in the boat. Uh, he's looking for people. Listen to this. James 1.19, listen to these words. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all, listen to these words, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now, the next words are really important. Human anger does not produce God's, the righteousness God desires. In other words, because you get angry, you're probably going to have the opposite effect of what God wants. In a, in a heavily heated, intense situation, because you can't keep control, you're going, to, you're going to create exactly the opposite thing you intend to create. Don't just, no, listen to this. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your soul. Now, here's the important piece of this. Sometimes things like this get right past us. Here's what we know that when we become alive in Christ, we were dead in trespasses and our sins. Our spirit comes to life. We are saved at that moment spiritually. And we know at some point in time in the future, in a couple of funerals a lot lately, at some point in time in the future, there's going to be this ultimate salvation where spirit and body are going to rejoin together and the person that, that, that was, is going to be like, it's going to be ultimate, right? Ultimate salvation. Okay? But in the meantime, between that moment where my spirit came to life and my dead body is raised from the dead, there's this thing called sanctification. And where the real problem is, is this little pee thing here in the middle between your ears. It's called the soul of a person. There's a spirit, there's a soul, we have a body, right? 
James says here, this has the power, this word of God we're reading right now about character and how you should operate under intense circumstances, has the power to save your soul, to save your mind, to save your will, to save your emotions. Are you getting that? You may be saved, but maybe your mind and your will and emotions are still not quite on the same track Jesus is on. And at some point in time in the future, your body's going to be resurrected, and it's going to be, you're going to be ultimately perfectly saved at that point. But right now, in the meantime, you've got to work the process of salvation by letting your mind, your will, and your emotions operate not how you want them to operate, but how God wants them to operate. And that creates good character. He goes on to say in James, for you listen to the word and obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free... The law sets you free. The perfect law of the Word of God sets you free. Not to be what you want to be, but to be what you were designed to be. What God saw you being from the beginning of time before sin corrupted it. That's what He sets you free to be. Not to get what you want, but to be who you ought. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I want that so bad. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to walk like he wants me to walk. I want to respond like he wants me to respond. I want to live like he wants me to live in my house, outside my house, at church, outside of church, at work, in different areas of the community. I want to be that person always. But I've got to let his word work in my heart and in my life to frame my my mind, my will, and my emotions around his And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You will find the blessing of God following you through all the endeavors of life. That does not mean it will be easy. Because James just tells us at the beginning of chapter 1 that fiery trials are coming. And count it all joy. So he's not telling you you're going to have an easy road of it. He said you're going to be blessed in the middle of a difficulty. Oh boy. Is it hot? I'm hot. Now, here's another thing. Godly in character, godly character inclines itself toward nobility and good thoughts, while poor character inclines itself towards three things. It's not an exhaustive list. This is a partial list. Towards three things according to Solomon. Laziness, lustfulness, and greed. Listen to verse 17 through 20. Happy is the land whose king is a noble leader and whose leaders feast at the proper time to gain strength for their work. Not to get drunk. Laziness leads to a sagging roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. A party, and he gets sarcastic here. A party leads to laughter. Wine gives happiness. And money gives everything. Never make lie of the king. Now listen to these next words. Even in your thoughts. And don't make fun of the powerful, even in your own bedroom, for a little bird might deliver your message and tell them what you said. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? So, so, so God the character inclines itself towards ability and good thoughts. Now, Titus 1.15 says this, everything is pure to those who, whose hearts are pure. Going back to a heart condition, mind, will, and emotions, everything on the inside, Right? But nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupted. What's, what, 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 what's, what's he saying here? He's saying our thoughts matter. What's going on on the inside matters. If our hearts are defiled and corrupted with bitterness, it'll show up. If it's corrupt with lust, it'll show up. 
If it's corrupted with greed, it'll show up. It will. And God's calling us to walk like Christ, to live like Christ, right? How, how can you know if, if you're walking with Jesus, how closely you're walking? If suspicion's your go-to response, chances are there might be a heart problem. If anger is your go-to response, there might be a heart problem. If gossip comes easier than prayer, you might have a heart problem. If frustration sets in at the littlest thing, you might have a heart problem. I mean, just go through the list. It's the flies, right? It's not... It's the little things that get in there. You can do all the good things. Well, Greg, Greg Phillips and I were talking yesterday or Friday maybe. That, 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 you know, you can't unbake a cake. Once a bad egg gets in a cake, you can't get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, once it, it's in. Now, thanks be to God who has the ability to remake a person and give a new character and a new nature. Dude, that's beautiful. Am I right? So if you're sitting here going, dude, I'm, I'm such a scrub. Yeah, you are. But guess what? There's this thing called grace. There's this thing that God offers to us and says, you know what? You don't get it all the time and you don't get it right. But I'm going to show you what the standard is and I'm going to get, get with you. I'm going to cover you in the middle of it. Then I'm going to help you walk towards that. Not down towards what's normal and natural. Who wants to be normal anymore? Have you seen normal? Normal is crazy. Normal is chaotic. I'm done with normal. They can have whatever normal is out there. I don't want nothing to do with it. I tried to be normal. It don't work. Huh? Forget normal. Forget natural. Be abnormal. Be supernatural. Let God help you be what you can't be. Philippians 4.18 says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on this. What is true? What is honorable? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? What is admirable? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then he says, keep putting into practice. It's not just it's something to think about, but it's something to practice as well. What you think about, you practice. James 1.13, and remember, when you are being tempted, don't say, God's tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires, these thoughts going on here, give, a, give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. That's crazy words, isn't it? But God's redeemed us with his incorruptible word, which is his son, which is everything in these scriptures. Speak of him. He says, I am the bread of life. And right now in our weakness, he's feeding us strength. He recognizes our character is weak. He recognizes that we can't get it together. But he says, listen, keep chewing on this for a while. Keep chewing on me for a while, and we'll get somewhere together, and you will grow. Keep drinking the water that I give, and we'll, you will see your life refreshed. You keep drinking the water you've got. It's not going to make a difference. He asked that lady at the well, listen, give me a glass of water. And she's like, uh, okay. She, he said, if you'd ask me, I'd give you something to drink. You would never thirst again. And she's like, you don't even have something to draw with. And he's like, no, I don't need something to draw with. I am that. I, I, I am that. And he says, look, just drink of me, eat of me, and I'll, you'll find life, and you'll find strength, and you'll find your weakness being subverted by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, just keep walking with me. 
Just keep going with me. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 6. We are humans, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds. Those are these next words. Of human reasoning. What's going on on the inside of you matters. And it, it has outplay to the fragrance of what's being left off of your life. Human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. This is a future look into into the ultimate salvation we just talked about when Jesus sets up his throne and his kingdom. See, life's fragrance is determined by character. Character matters. Listen, listen, I'm going to ask you a question. How are you smelling? Right now. How, how do you smell? I got almost teenage boys at my house. You know what smells come with almost teenage boys? You know what's one of the hardest things to get them to do? Apply this stuff called deodorant. And you say, have you put your deodorant on? They go, oh, my gosh. Do I have to? Yes. And what I find is a lot of Christians act like preteen boys. Do I have to apply the deodorant? Yes. Yes, you do. You've got to trust God to take care of the smell. You've got to apply the grace of God. You've got to apply the Word of God. You've got to apply it every day. Not just when you want to. Not just when it's convenient. Every day. Listen to Philippians 2, 12, 12 and 13. The flash of verse 12 says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Here's the beautiful thing about this line. God is working, making you more like Himself. And that's what good godly character is. But here's what He needs. He needs a willing instrument. It says work hard. You. Apply yourself. We're in the land of quick fix and drive through windows, right? Give me three keys to my success, I'll be happy. Don't give me any hard work to do. Don't let me be able to put a meal in the microwave, whatever. You know what I mean? Just let's hurry up again. And he says, work hard. Be diligent. Several places he says, be vigilant. And we want, we want somebody to slap us on the head with some anointing oil, and all of a sudden everything get fixed. And what God's saying, no, be a Christian at home. Follow me in the workplace. He's saying, listen, it matters what you do outside of this place, and it matters a lot more than how many goosebumps you get. Work hard at it. But understand this, even all your work, you're still not enough. He needs a willing instrument, but he's like, you, you still can't do it. And so here's the beautiful thing. Listen to these words. We have to work with God, but we have to understand that his power is his power that will accomplish the task. If we work with his grace, not in adversity to it, he will receive honor for our lives. People will see our good works. And what Matthew 5 says this, glorify our Father which is in heaven. Again, every week, and I say these things, our lives would be different. Our homes would be different. Our marriages would be different. Our interactions with, us, with our children would be different. Our influence would grow, and our ability to fulfill the Great Commission would be enhanced. And therefore, we'll have, the, we'll have this chance to hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. That moment will be solidified because we, we say, Jesus, work it in me. If we, if we do that, 
And understand this. It's his, he gave us the desire to do it. If you have a desire right now and you're sitting here going, dude, I don't measure up. And there's some of you going, but I want to. You know what that is? That's grace. If you're sitting here right now thinking, NFL football's on in an hour and 20 minutes. Can we be done now? Actually, you have 22, hour and 22. Anybody's counting? If right now in you there's something going, yes, God worked that. That's the grace of God all by itself. Right now. If right now you've got your stuff together, listen to this. If God carries it worked in you, it's because of God's grace. You know what you ought to do? You ought to praise God. Man, I'm, I'm not what I used to be. Praise Jesus. You know what? My kid said thus and such to me this week, and I didn't lose my mind. Praise God. You know, that worker at work said that goofy thing he always says, and I want to just pinch his face off. You know what? This week, I didn't have a desire to pinch his face off. Guess what? Praise God. That's him working in you. It's not you. Never was you. But here's the other part. If this week has like been one of those weeks, like, dude, I'm just weak. Check this out. God's got this thing called grace, and in our weakness, it covers us, and then it propels us to run towards strength. So even you who are like, yeah, that co-worker walked in, and not only did I want to pinch his face off, I did. I did. You know what? My kid did say that dumb thing again and rolled their eyes, and I rolled their little head down on the floor. You know what? God's like, dude, I got you covered. I got you. Grow with me. Work with me. And I would do things in you and through you you can't even imagine yet. That's the beauty of the grace of God. But I have to have a desire to want my ointment not to stink. He's got to have a willing vessel with which to put that stuff in. He's got to find someone who's like, dude, your name matters more than my name. Your work matters more than my work. Your desires matter more than my desires. That's what he's looking for. Somebody's willing to work with him and get his stuff done. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else gets taken care of. That's what Jesus told us. And he's he's not a man that he should lie. He's faithful and true. If he said it, he meant it. Take it to the bank. Oh, anyway. I'm glad they're not cooking like meat or something over there because you guys be like, come on, can we just go? Let me, let me ask you something. What, what's thinking up the perfume? We'll, we'll close like this. Complaining? So you can ask people if you can pray for them all day long, but if all you do every other, other time is just complain about how bad things are, you're stinking up the ointment. Because you know somebody who holds all the strings. You have nothing to complain about. How about arguing? I mean, you just, you just, you just love an argument. I used, to, I, used to, I used to make fun of my wife, kind of, from right here. I, could come, I, can come home at, I could come home at certain nights and just know she's ready. It's on. It's like Rocky and Apollo right now in the living room. Huh? Right now. But you know what I've noticed about Rachel? I'll give her kudos today. Been a long time since I've walked in to the house and I thought, Oh, she's ready to fight. It's on. What are we going to fight about tonight? It's been a long, long time since we had that conversation, honestly. 
I mean, for real. I'll give her kudos. Like, like, like there's, a, there's, a, there's a new fragrance coming from that corner of the room. And I mean it. And I say that with all sincere, like, sincerity. I mean it. Like, this week I was just saying, I thought, you know what? It's been a long time since I said Rachel just really want to lose her mind. And I make it easy for her to want to. That's the funny thing about it. And we got four kids at the house, and they make it really easy for her to want to. And she hasn't. It's beautiful. I feel like Wayne, huh? And his wife. I'm like, yeah, she's so cute. Man, right? What about unclean living? Fill in the blanks. I mean, if you're relying on things that, 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 that make you feel, you know, I don't know. I can go through the list of stuff. Maybe gambling. Maybe porn. Maybe, I don't know, gossip. Slander. Those things are tainting the ointment. You can give people every kind of way to get to Jesus, but if you are one who's gossiping about other people and leaders and different things like that, you're tainting the ointment. I don't know how else to say it, except say it. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking, maybe, <laughs> this you fits word, I guess. I don't know. But here's the thing. all over Your boss... Your spouse, people you don't like in governmental leadership, whatever. You're tainting the ointment. You just are. How about this? He's talking about this. Laziness. Laziness. Christians, of all people, have the commission. I talked about a couple weeks ago, Colossians 3, 3, that we should do all things heartily as unto the Lord, right? That the, the master we serve is Christ. You should be the, web, the best worker any boss has ever had, not the one he's got to stay on top of. And if somebody in your house asks you to do something, they shouldn't have to remind you three times. Because the master you're serving isn't that person. It's Christ. Is this where the rubber meets the road, or is it? God loves you. Go home and have a great day. See you next week. No, I mean, I mean it for real, huh? Students, you should be the best students any professor has had, any teacher has had. Athletes, you should be the best co. You should be the best athlete, teammate anybody's had. I mean it. They shouldn't have to talk to your parents about how bad you're doing. And they can't get you to do anything. It shouldn't be that way. Because it's the, it's the fly in the ointment. Lust, greed. How many of y'all spending more time in the... Oh, I know where it is. It's the convenience store and the lottery tickets. Because you think you're going to hit the big one. And you can't even use the money God's given you already well. And you, don't, and you think if you get more, it's not going to destroy you. Okay, sure. Got it, right? Oh, it got quiet. Uh-oh. I might have to do a series on that. Huh? Huh? Just go to children's church, my daughter said. Stewardship. Anyway, how about not holding them firmly to God's word? Can I ask you another question? What counsel are you listening to? People who would encourage you to keep doing what you're doing or people who want to see your life turn around? People who would incline you towards your spiritual strength rather than towards your natural weakness. See, all that is tainting the ointment. You got me? 
Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.